What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This Haberman of Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM, and MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code HAM for 10 bucks off your first purchase and use the promo code HAM at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Now to the segment. 49ers are 3-0. For the first time in 21 years, when I saw Dieter Kurtenbach tweet that stat, I couldn't believe it. Like, 3-0 and is not 7-0. and 3-0 and is 3-0. and So they three. were never 3-0, and obviously, during the Harbaugh era, right? It's crazy, right? Did, would, I would not have guessed that. I would have guessed they were 3-0 and at least one of his years. That, that's pretty nuts, isn't it? I mean, guy, they went to three NFC Championship games. I they didn't start 3-0 and one I time. I could not believe that stat when I saw it. We'll get to Jimmy G. Uh, but what do you think? I mean... I felt pretty good about them when they had four turnovers. Was it four turnovers at halftime, but only down six to three? Uh, but then the Steelers actually started kind of scoring a little bit in the second half. The Niners had to make some plays, got some help with some penalties, then got that big fumble recovery back after they got after they turned the ball over at the was that was that Armstead that caused that and then Buckner? That was like an Oregon uh, sandwich. It was Armstead caused it and Buckner picked it up. So. You can't deny. What do you think it feels like to have Armstead hanging on you when you're a running back? Oh my god, this guy is enormous. Well, you will look at him. I'm doing air quotes. Punch the ball out. It's just he's his arms are so strong. I think anytime he wrapped you up, you're at risk of getting the ball punched out. There were some massive defensive linemen in this game from the Niners and the the Steelers from T.J. Watt to it. I mean, it's not like the Steelers have a bunch of Joe Schmoes on their squad. I mean, the D lines in this game were no joke. I, I, the one thing that the Niners got really lucky on today, as Marcus, I saw Marcus Thompson tweet, he's like, wow, third red zone turnover. 
Red zone turnovers, while they do suck, they actually don't kill you because the other team's got to go 80. Right. You, you're actually worse off turning the ball over when you're pinned, right? Because you just give them the ball in the red zone. They got It was a double whammy. They gave the ball away in the red zone three times, and they were playing Mason Rudolph, not Roethlisberger. Now, I don't know how good Roethlisberger is or would have been today, but he would have been better than Mason Rudolph, right? Mason hit a couple passes late when Witherspoon went out. But then the Niners benefited, and they took advantage. That's you got to take advantage when you're given these opportunities of an offense that really didn't make any plays till the second half. You know, that's what the announcers kept saying. They're like, God, it's you're only down 6 nothing, and you've got three turnovers, and it's not even 10 minutes into the game. That, that's what was wild. I, I, I had never, by the fourth turnover, it felt like I've never seen anything like this. But I ha- but it wasn't because like the Tampa game, like pick sixes and fumble sixes, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't watch it, but I read it on Twitter. Something like that happened in the Seattle game. Th- those are devastating. There was right? yeah, there was a, a punt. It was the Tampa. Uh, sorry, New Orleans second touchdown was a fumble six. Like a fumble six or a pick six, or would have cost the Niners the game today. So they they do benefit from just fucking they fumbled it and the guy just falls on the ground. You know, because yeah. I mean, the number one thing a defensive coach sometimes they scoop and score, scoop and score. Well, they didn't. Luckily, they didn't have a scoop and score. I meant to tweet at you early in the game. Uh, tips and overthrows. Tips and overthrows. Yeah, tips and overthrows. Um, <laughs> well, that that's th- but that is now the one thing I'm, I I I question with tips and overthrows. Like, what if the ball's just seven feet away from you? Like, are you, what, what are you gonna do? Like, what do you mean? I, I mean, the tips and overthrows. The ball then has to be in your vicinity for me to make a play. I think the right. I, yeah, I just think the point is tips more you so than overthrows. Tips and then overthrows. Well, I just think tips. I don't you really have get more the coaching point. Tips, you have time. I, yeah, I don't just be ready for them. I, maybe that's what it means. Like, yeah, that's my point. Like, yeah, I know. If the but ball's tips tipped, are just I'll be like, ready for it. You have more time, I guess. I don't yeah, know. but if the ball's tipped and it's like 15 feet away from me, like you just look at me, you're like, tips and overthrows. You're like, yeah, I'm fucking not Kevin Garnett here. What do you want me to do? That ha- that happens just a lot in this game. Just balls, t- you know, and just it's in no man's land. It just hits grass. Well, here's the other thing, by the way. The second interception for Garoppolo to me was tipped. The first one, I mean, it hit a guy in his back shoulder. It was a bad throw. It wasn't just like a random, you know, like a random tip. It was a bad throw that hit a- that got tipped because t- it was a bad throw. Are you talking about the one of the running back? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't a good throw. But I, it's like. But I'm just here to hate, John. Yeah, it's not all. It's not all on the running no. back when he's in full. He's not in full speed because it's a screen. But when he has to like when he's moving and reach around, it was a tough play. That to me, that's a tip and overthrow that they took advantage of because then it fucking lands in TJ Watt's breadbasket. Like the other one, again, there were multiple tips and overthrows because the second pick to Minka Fitzpatrick, he overthrows. I think it's Kendrick Bourne, and it's just he was getting pummeled. Yeah. Like, a, a guy was coming right at him, right. and he stood in there. Like, I, I thought he had some, like, Rivers moments today where he just stood in there and took shots and delivered strikes. Like, that's All right, but, but that's be- why you get paid big bucks. Before we get to Jimmy, though, I, I do think, like, big picture for the Niners, we should address this. It's the biggest win under Kyle Shanahan for this team. Um, well, they a, were down with, what, five minutes left in the game? Yeah, but also just because, A, it gets them just – on the most basic level, it might have been the biggest win if they had just won it fourteen to nothing with no turnovers. Just yeah. it got them to three and zero. But then on top of that, like winning when everything's going right is one thing. Um, 
winning when a lot of stuff isn't going right, which is what this was today, is impressive. And I think, you know, if you said what should come first and just like the progression of a good team, I would take the defense first because it just keeps you in so many games. And clearly they got that. They made plays on offense, no doubt. But just the fact that they won today with so much going wrong, which in their division you're just going to have to do because the Rams are going to make plays against you. The Seahawks are going to make plays against you. You just got to win games like that. It's been like this since Harbaugh in the NFC West. Well, wh- why'd they win today? I think they won because they have an identity. Like, their defense is really good, and they can run the shit out of the ball. Like, they had a stretch in the second half where I give coaches credit on this because it's easy to be like, well, I want to be cute and do go left, right, left, right. Felt like they were running the same goddamn play every time. That little kind of cutback to the right with uh, with Juszczyk kind of leading the charge. And they ran it three or four times in a row and got him right down the field. And they did it a couple times in the second half. He just... He is, I'll give Kyle, this is where Kyle deserves a lot of credit. Like, the Coach Reed and his guys, they de- they deserve to run quick. I mean, quick. They just, they'd rather pass, you know. They're just a little more pass heavy. Like the Dugs, the Naggies, the Andy's king of it. Now, Andy will run screens, but they won't, like, consistently go the Jim Harbaugh. Not the Jim Harbaugh we saw the other night, but the guy that was really sweet, like, five years ago, who would just run run the ball all, like, the classic Pat Hill move. Kyle, Kyle, for a younger coach, is very good at sticking with the run. Yeah. And that's usually, because it's not that sexy. And I, I know, like, Juszczyk is a coward guy, and he's found my podcast. He followed me on Twitter, and he's just like, I DM'd him, whatever. And he, I had a segment, I think, that he liked, because it was about the fullback. And I was, like, ripping on some coaches not using the fullback. And he, was, he had mentioned, like, you know, Kyle's a dying breed of guys that really use me. And he's right. Like use check for his, his play. He had some unreal plays today, like a crazy catch and. Through. But his value in the run game for them is how vital is he? I mean, he's just fucking clearing holes. I mean, it's it's like having an extra offensive lineman. He's just crushing people, and that's the difference between two yard gains and six yard gains. And then all of a sudden, like think how much easier it is to play quarterback. And Goff's really benefited this, you know, his first couple years with McVay. When you get a consistent running game, they can't really tee off on the pass. Like, when you watch the Niners, especially that last drive, but there were situations in the second half where it was clear, like, the time's not really on uh, Mason Rudolph's side. Like, you could tell, like, they weren't really going to be able to run the ball. They were going to have to pass. And it was just the, the linemen got to be like, they ain't running the ball, right? And against the 49ers, you can't – you don't really know what's coming. You kind of have to play the run first because Kyle will just run it relentlessly. Even in situations like the analytic guys hate like first and ten and second and ten runs. They always want to like pass first. Kyle doesn't really subscribe to that. Like Kyle and part of it is because like Kyle would I'm sure say, Well, if it's working, why would I go away from it? And 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 this is again just back to the overall point of young guys a lot of times just go away from it because it's a little more fun to call pass plays, right? You get a little more credit. I also think don't you think he, he likes the run because it just in the end it's just setting up his pass? Like I think he knows. I, I, I think I think I think the most basic level is even before that. It's that he thinks his scheme work. Like it's just gonna. Right, they're gonna yeah. gain. They're guaranteed to gain yards if they just block it up. Because you don't have to in his like zone stuff. It's not Harbaugh where you know part of Harbaugh's offense was Upati and Alec Boone and those guys pulling and just cracking skulls. His beside Usechek, 
they're not really cracking skulls. They're really just kind of position blocking. And then Breda, who's a really good player, and so is this out of nowhere Kevin Wilson that's on pace for 700 career touchdowns. That, you know, thanks, Kyle. You know, anyone that I'm not playing Mozart, everyone's like, someone DM me, and they're like, Middlecoff, it's so easy to say, it's Mostert. I think that's how you say it. Most see, I can't uh, even say it. Actually, but. I heard I was listening to Greg and Tim Ryan say it in the car today. Hold on, Mostert, Mostert, Mostert. Yeah, it just feels right. weird. Yeah, it feels weird to say. Plus, is it Mozart phonetic, is, it, a, is, the, is a, it's phonetically is that Mozart is a compliment. You know, one hundred percent. Like Braid is easy to say. You know, Frank Gore. I just like easy names, <laughs> right? George Kittle, uh, Joe Staley. That their offense, you don't need road graders to dominate. You got, I got to give the kid some credit. I know he had a couple penalties late in the game, but you didn't really feel that yeah. the left tackle was getting smoked in the passing game, did you? No. And it's not like Kittle was out running routes, so he wasn't just sitting there to protect him the whole time. I, I thought that really the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, which is one of the better ones in the league, was getting worked much more than the Niners' offensive well, line. I thought it was a big win today for the Niners' yeah. offensive line. I mean, that's also a big win for the Niners' defensive line. Well, I mean, they've only invested seven first-round picks and a lot of money. How about D. Ford looking quick? Do you know what D. Ford is now? I'm not even going to worry. Like, I, I, Middlecoff, you see the practice report today? He missed. I don't even care about his practice report. He, he won't practice much. It doesn't matter. He's paid to get sacks and just power and speed rush. Because he didn't, he hasn't really practiced the last couple weeks. And he just plays. And I thought today, he definitely jumped off the screen more today than he did the oh. first couple weeks. He was hauling ass. And I, I would imagine part of it's right. It's easier to be a pass rusher when you're up at home. Just in theory, it should be loud. It kind of look, looked loud on television, you know. Yeah, it's a couple of Steelers fans there, but loud. it was a solid crowd. It, it, well, when the Steelers come to town, it actually could be a lot worse, right? Well, if you're bad, they they'll... they travel well. Well, they travel well. I, it was a double whammy. The Niners were kind of good. You know, they were 2-0, and so there was some buzz on the game. And the Steelers were probably, you know, when's the last time you gave me the 21 years the Niners been 3-0? and What do you think the stat is when the last time the Steelers were 0-3? Like 57 uh, years? <laughs> I, heard, I think Greg Gumbel said it right at the end of the game. Was it a big number? I don't. I didn't. I heard. And the Steelers are zero and three. And I, I changed the channel. If you, if you if you had to guess, wouldn't you say probably over twenty years? Yeah, you would think. Definitely not in the Roethlisberger era. It doesn't feel like they were ever zero and three. Because zero and three, you're in some trouble, right? I don't want to say their season's over, but they're in some trouble. They're in, and that's where he had a good game. I mean, he had a pick. <laughs> he had a. A force fumble slash then he recovered it. So Minka, you'd be like, well, fuck, we gave him a first-round pick. Look at this guy. He's making all our plays. But you're like, God, I mean, you guys are destined to be probably drafted pretty high. Yeah, I mean, that would kind of, to me, be the point of not doing the deals. You're like, he made great plays, and what did it do? I mean, we didn't win the game. But would you, do, you feel you great? If you were a Pittsburgh Steelers fan right now, you couldn't really hate it because you go, well, he might be our best player, right? At least, yeah. he, at least he's really good. I mean, it sucks. I, I would not have done it, but where you can go, well, he's one of our best players. Unless you draft two, second overall and then Tua becomes a star, and you're like, oh, shit. Right. Which I don't know. I mean, I think Tua's going to be up for debate. but And let's see. Like, just organizationally, maybe they find it. They just keep, you know, their goal is to just be really good, not to do a rebuild. And I, You know what? It's weird if you're a Steeler fan, or, I mean, even like Tomlin. I actually think you leave the game thinking – 
you know, our, our quarterback started making some plays in the second half. We didn't look that terrible. It's not like we looked like we were outmatched. We were causing turnovers left and right. We did a lot of things. We just didn't capitalize. I don't, I don't actually think you leave thinking we're some scrubs. I think you, you go, we can build off this. Now, we're not going to get to nine or ten wins, but I think we could rattle off some Ws. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, yeah. So. I mean, uh, John, they won four games last year. Who? 49ers. I mean, it feels like they've averaged four wins a year for the last since Harbaugh left, doesn't it? I know it's that's not exact because one year they won five and the Jimmy year they won six. I mean, Tom, don't forget about Tom Sula. You know, Tom Sula has as many wins as John Gruden since 2015. Don't ever forget that. That you're right. I mean, three and is three and zero. There is no way around. It. I thought about this today, and listen, I'm not trying to make this a big deal because it's irrelevant. But it kind of shows you how long they've kind of been shitty. When do you think the last time passed like week one? The 49ers have been above Seattle in the standings. Like they're they're three and zero. The Seattle's two and one. Now again, it's really early. It's only week three. But think about that. I definitely not the last five or six years. One hundred percent not since Harbaugh left. Right. So five years up until this point, like they, they haven't sniffed past week one relevancy. Because even last year they were one and two. You know they they mm-hmm. just. They're in position. I mean, we're doing this when the Rams game's going on. So the Rams win or lose doesn't really, like, I'm not, even if the night like the Rams, let's say they lose tonight and the Niners in first place. I don't think that, I'm not trying to say that means that much. But you're just putting yourself in position. Definitely just above Seattle is a big deal. You know you're going to have to beat these two teams out, or at least one of the two teams out. Because you start looking at the playoff mix, and you go, well, Dallas is going to win. I'm pretty confident Dallas like a 12-win team. Uh, the NFC North is a little, I, I'm not quite sure. But Green Bay's 3-0. and And their defense is good, and their quarterback's a star. So they might just be good, you know. And then you look at the AFC South, which is in shambles. The Tampa Bay Bucks lost. Carolina now won, but they're still 1-2. The Atlanta Falcons stink. And the Saints actually, you know, big win, but... We'll see if they can sustain it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I would just say, like, they've got a good chance to maybe just tread some water here before, but to get to Breeze coming back. Well, my ultimate point is you're going to have to be in that 9 10 sweet spot to make the playoffs. Typically, 10 wins get you a wild card. And I, I, I feel pretty confident that 10 wins this year would get you a wild card. You're 3 0. So you look at the next, you got 13 more games to get to 10 wins. In those 13 games, you just have to go 7-6. and six. It's not like you have to go 8-4. and four, You know, it's, it's really not that nuts. Just win a game, lose a game. Win a game, lose a game. Win a game, lose a game. That's all you have to do. That's that's the benefit. Remember last year when the Colts started 0-4? Or was it 0-5? And then they rattle off like 10 straight wins. Like, if you do fall 0-3 or 0-4, to even sniff the playoffs, you have to go on like a 6- or 7-game winning streak. Where uh, when, you, when you get this little buffer... Right. And then think about this guy. They're, the next game they play is the Browns, who have just injury after injury off a bye week. So wouldn't you guess, regardless what the Browns do these next couple weeks, they're going to be a five- or six-point favorite in that game, just coming off a bye, being fresh, at home, Monday Night Football? You know who has the best point differential in the NFC? Uh, Patriots? NFC. No, Patriots are in the league. Yes, yeah. by, by a wide margin. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, well, Packers aren't really blowing people out, so not, Niners? Dallas. Oh, yeah. But the Niners are second. I mean, I think Dallas is clearly the cream of the crop. Philly is a little tough to judge because they have so many injuries. I mean, they have so many injuries. How about Philly? They're one and two. They they play Thursday night football at Green Bay. Mm. So you go right away if you're the Niners. Well, what if fucking Philly loses that game? You're three and zero. They're one and three. You think what Philly has to do to catch you? Right. I'm not even talking like they're probably not you're talking about Dallas, wild man. cards. You're saying Packers yeah, I'm, take I'm their division. Talking about Cowboys take theirs. Yeah. Like that's that's a pretty big deal, guy. It is. No, you're right. Uh, all right, now let's. When's get... the last time we were even able to have these conversations? No, and that's yeah. See, that's the value of like I don't know. We're still waiting. We're still getting answers on this team, but think they're three and zero, and now we can have these. These conversations are real things. It, it shows you if Haberman and Middlecoff were based out of like, uh, you know, Southie in Boston. That how long our conversations just by now? Like, what are we even talking about? Just like, what do you think the temperature will be in the AFC Championship game? Like, are you talking about that in September? Like, what do those guys talk about where it's just such a lock you're going to the playoffs? Every year, it's a lock. Yeah, the it's good, a stone-cold lock. The good news is that they do have the Patriots who have, they seem to have a bunch. Of, like, they got, so far, they got AB and they got Shabil apologize. That's Monday. Yeah. They, they, that's the one thing the Patriots have done a good job of giving their media brethren in the Boston area is just sweet stories to keep it interesting while they've been kicking the shit out of everybody. I know. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 